Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it just so amazing how good he is, how awesome and powerful he is? I do feel like I have a word, if that's okay, for the next few moments. I don't want to, you know, just because you sit doesn't mean you have to change up your posture, okay? This is a, this is, this is a, a place that we just want to seek after his presence. And I just, I feel like I have a word this morning that the Lord has given, and, and I'd like to just, for a few moments here, I feel like I have to like tell you my sermon title before I even start anything. Uh, it's kind of one of those things that when you start preparing for the word, you you're, you're praying, you're asking God, and and you're talking with Him, and you're and you're writing things down, and you're and you're and you're gathering the notes. And I'm just gonna be honest. Last night I struggled a little bit, and I kind of had a thought from a couple weeks ago that I feel like the Lord dropped into my heart. And as I continue to pray over it, as I continue to, to study through, I feel like what he wanted us to talk, what he wanted to talk to us about was prayer, the heart changer. Prayer, the heart changer. And that's actually my sermon title, prayer, the heart changer. And then you have Drew come up here talk, saying that his daughter, asked his daughter, what do you want to, what do you hear God saying? And she says, talk about the heart. Out of the mouth of babes, Right. And so I just want to read a couple of verses to you, but I, I want to stay in this, this, this posture, uh, this heart posture moment. And it's 1 Chronicles chapter 7. It's a little bit of a lengthy reading. It's uh, verses 1 through verses 22, because I just feel like it's to set some groundwork. It's, it's 1 Chronicles 7, if you have your Bibles or you can look up on the screen. It says, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. I'm reading to you from the New Living Translation. Um, I, when Solomon finished praying, the fire flashed down from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Man, how many of you saw that lightning storm that we had last night that rolled through our area? I got the chance to just go out there and I was sitting out there and I was like screaming for my wife to wake up to come look at it, which she wasn't too excited about, but that's okay. Um, but going out there and watching and, and just, and I just like was reading through these verses and realizing that it was when he, be, when Solomon got done praying, the fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up everything. And when all the people, uh, and when all the people saw, people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the great glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then the king and all the people, um, all the people offered sacrifice to the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle and 120 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people declare, uh, dedicated the temple of God. The priests took their assigned positions and so did the Levites who were singing his love, his faithful love endures forever. They accompanied they uh, accompanied the singing with music from the instruments King David had made for praising the Lord. I just want to take a moment here and just, just stop because when I was reading through this, we're going to continue on here in a second, but when I was reading through this, one of the things that kind of hit me a little bit different than what I've seen before is when they began to sing and pray, 
they were using instruments that were, had been made from before. They were taking the inheritance or the things that had been given to them from before, and they were now using it for to praise the Lord. It is not by accident that you and I have the tremendous opportunity to stand in this house and minister or be able to worship and pray, but it's because of people like Pastor, uh, Pastor Rutson and Pastor Lynn that are leading the charge that have gone on before to pave a way so that you and I can be able to walk on streets that we've never had to pave before. It's so that you and I can be able to walk. And, and, and the, the amazing part is, is this is a physical representation of what spiritually, what they are constantly pouring into our lives. That's why I'm so thankful for leaders like we have here because they're constantly thinking and constantly praying and asking God what to do next and how to do it. And it's the same thing I've told you over and over before, that I'm a living testament standing before you because of a mom and a grandma that refused to give up in prayer. Because a grandma that would that were literally refused, and she would tell me to my face as she's praying for me to turn from my evil ways. And I'm thankful for it now, now. At the moment, as a teenager, is a little upsetting. But now I'm thankful for it because what that told me was that a grandma that was willing to get on her face before God for her grandchildren. What that tells me before is that every time I tried to sneak out of the house, always had to pass by mom's room and she'd be up at two, three, four o'clock in the morning crying out on the side bed, praying over me and my sister that God would begin to move. Can I tell you, parents, your prayers are heard. Your prayer, this is something that we should take delight in as a parent. I just started saying thank you, Jesus, for what was installed in me, that when my kids grow up, they're going to be able to use the instruments that I have prayed for and sought for, that they can walk with you and talk with you, Jesus, because of what I want to install into them. Maybe they'll never be a basketball player, and that, that's okay. Maybe they'll never play football, and that might hurt a little bit. But maybe they're never going to do certain things, and that's okay. But can it be, like John says, I have no greater joy than to know my children walk in truth. In a day and age in which our society is constantly trying to go after our children, and they're not just trying to go after them physically, but mentally and spiritually. And there's been plenty of times that me and my wife have stood in our living room and said, I don't have the answers, but I know what to do next. And we'd go to the kitchen, we'd grab the oil, and we'd slather our front door, and we'd say, whatever got in, now you have to leave in the name of Jesus. And if you know my wife, she's 4'11", and she's feisty, and she gets upset at the enemy. And she, and she will go to every door of our house, and she'll slather it with the oil. She'll go into the, chill, the kids' room. She'll sm put it all over their forehead, on their pillows, and she'll, she'll just begin to proclaim the name of Jesus. Can I tell you, one of the times we were doing that, I just got to share a time. One of the times we were doing that, we went to go do it over this one, over one of our children's rooms that we were just feeling like the enemy has a stronghold. And as soon as our hand hit the door, there was the loudest knock at the front door. I mean, it sounded like the police were about to bust through our front door and we literally both stopped and like we took our hands off and we stared at each other I thought she was going to answer the door but apparently as the husband I have to answer the door so I go walking to the front door and we open it and there's nobody there now maybe there was some kids that played maybe I mean we come on we've all done ding dong ditch a time or two right let's be honest but can I tell you that spiritually we closed the door we chuckled, 
And then we went back to praying. Can I tell you something? The other day, my wife was like, we were talking about something and she said, babe, I feel like something just like walked in the room and I was showering and she like wanted me to get out of the shower to come pray. And I didn't. I continued to, to lather up. And she's like, babe, what's taking you so long? And I said, why are you scared? Like, why are you scared? I said, babe, listen, I'm going to finish my shower and then I'm going to get out there and there's going to be nothing there because I've already prayed because I know the authority that lives within me. And so I just said, whatever's in this house or in this room, you got to go. I'm not going to end my shower because I waited too long to get into the shower. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I was real. I was sitting there going like, no, wait a minute. Hold on. We have the authority to walk in some of these things. And we have the authority that Jesus has already paid for. So why do we have to be upset? When I got out of there, we, of course, you know, we checked the doors and we checked the things. And I was like, babe, there's nothing here. And we prayed again. But this is the opportunity that you and I have because greater is he that lives within us because of what has been installed in us from not only what Jesus has done, but for having people, leaders that be able to speak into our lives for, like I said, for myself, for like a mom and grandma that would speak and pray over me because this is the chance that we get to be able to see his kingdom come and his will be done. So they, so they, they do all these things. I guess I'm going to kind of skip through here because I'm totally out of time or not out of time, but just going to kind of fast forward a little bit if that's okay with you. Um, it's basically talking about as they're doing this, and then Solomon does all these different things in the temple, and they continue to sacrifice. We're going to jump down to verse number 11. Verse number 11. Still saying in the same chapter, we're jumping to verse number 11. Perfect. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal place, uh, palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this temple as the place for, for making sacrifices. At times I may shut up the heavens so, um, that, so that no rain falls or, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Among you. Then... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their lands. We may look at those verses before and be like, man, that's kind of a, a hard thing. That's kind of a, a crazy thing. But when you get to this verse, it makes sense and it almost makes, and it doesn't just almost, it makes me start to be excited because it knows that everything that comes against me is going to first have to pass through the hand of God because ultimately he's the one in control, not me. And all I have to do is do what this verse says is that I get to humble myself, pray and seek his face. I don't have to do anything else than to come into his presence and, and, and put myself in a posture before him that, Father, I want your, your will to happen and not mine. And because so many things are going to come around us, and this is the, 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 the thing I was looking at, was that our, our prayer time or our, our, our time that we seek with the Father is not determined by the circumstance around us. Rather, our prayer time determines the circumstances. 
It is not what comes around us because we know that we ultimately, just like we were talking about a second ago, or like I was telling you the story a second ago, we know that when the enemy comes in and he begins to try to steal, kill, and destroy, that we get the chance to take back with the authority that Jesus has already died and paid for. When, when it's just as much as when we begin to know that, that, that not only is greater is he that is within us than he that's within the world, but that he's greater within us to do a work around us. He's greater within us because of the people that we're going to come into contact with to know that we're going to bring heaven to earth. To know that with the children that I lead, I'm leading them in such a place that I want them to seek the face of God. I want them to know who their God is. I want them to know um, um, how powerful and amazing he is. And here the verse is telling us that if the people that are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, then they will turn from the. And I think not only will it cause us to turn from our wicked ways, we're going to begin to realize the tactics of the enemy are actually just a bunch of moldy bread that we really don't want anyways. Because it's not just going to be like, now that we have to turn. No, we get to turn from our wicked ways. We get to turn from those things that have been so enticing from before. But now after spending time with the Father, I get to know his, his gifts are perfect. His ways are amazing. His food is fantastic. His food, it's one of those things like you go to a restaurant and you, just ha- you can't help it, but you lick your fingers because it's so good. That is what it's like when we taste and see that the Lord is good. Everything else doesn't matter at that point. You see, but first it it, it has to be that our position ourselves is to pray. And I've I've told you guys about my mom and, and there's been a lot of times, my mom's like my biggest prayer partner. I love when I get the chance. I normally on, on Monday mornings on the way into the office, I, I talk with her uh, from the, the in the car and stuff, just because like it gives us that chance just to be able to speak to each other and 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 when we begin to talk, you know, I'll, I'll either if it's something that we're we're going through or just mom, could you just help me pray? And and nine out of ten, her response will be like, "Well, have you prayed about it?" Like, no, mom, that's what I'm calling you for. But it makes me stop, right? It makes me stop and say, but did I, did I pray? And when she's saying pray, she's not just meaning like, did I bow my knee and did I just, just go to God and just say, here's my list. And almost like that Santa Claus list and I pull it all out and I just start saying all these lists of demands, no. But did I seek his face in such a way that I want his, his will to be done in my life? And, and, and with that, a lot of times it ends up making us stop to be like, did we pray about it ourselves? And, and I think... It's, as I've been learning more and more and growing in this, in this relationship with God, it's knowing that as we get closer to him, the more that we're able to be quickened by his spirit, the more that we'll be able to know that this is the way, let's go. This is what we should do. Let's go. I can hear it. I know what he's doing. It's like putting your spiritual antenna or sail up and you begin to know which way the wind of the spirit's moving because we begin to train ourselves, but it's because we have sat with them for so long. It's the exact same thing in any relationship. You begin to know which way they're probably thinking. It's like, you know, me and my wife will, will do something and we'll both like make a joke and laugh at it. And the, the comment is always like, man, we've been married for so long. We just know. 
Well, yeah, because we've been in a relationship with each other that we just know that we're both laughing at the exact same joke. You begin to know that when you're in a relationship with people, you begin to know their heartbeat. Uh, you begin to know, well, this is the way that I think that they, or this is what I think they're thinking, or this is what I, I because you're, you're spending time with them. The exact same thing goes in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, that when we spend time with Him, we begin to know His heartbeat even more. That we begin to know when, when He wants us to, to, to move, or to stay, or to do, to do whatever. I mean, listen, listen, this is the most amazing thing I love about God, is that He loves to talk to His children. And he wants to talk to you. And guess what? We get to listen and hear him. Because when we pray and seek his face. Okay. Uh, sorry, trying to kind of fast forward because there's a lot of, lot of verses in here. And I love it after the end of it when it's beginning to talk about. And I'm just going to give you a brief snapshot as it is talking about, and the Lord's talking to Solomon, he says that if you um, basically follow me like your father David did, and, and I'll make sure that all these things are constantly taken care of. And he tells, the Lord tells Solomon that if you do uh, all the steps that your father has already put into place, that I will hear from heaven and, and I'll reward you for that. And I, and I just keep hearing, I kept feeling uh, this call and this action to prayer for us. This call and this action, because as the Lord continues to upgrade us, that we have to know it's very easy for us to fall into a, a, a line of doing it on our own. And which when we do it on our own, then it becomes a performance-based. And we don't want it to be performance-based. We want it to be relationship-based. We want to be relationship-based in such a way that we know which way he's going and which way he's turning. You see, again, that it's not just, uh, I, heard, I heard this quote, and I want to read it to you. E.M. Bounds, he says, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare de delight that is always revealing some new beauty. It is not a, a duty to which we have to perform it. But it's an enjoyment that we get to spend time to a rare delight that always revealing some new beauty. And I was thinking about it, it's always revealing some new revelation into us. So prayer causes us to position ourselves before the Lord. As you look up Webster's Dictionary and it will begin to talk about that prayer is communication with God. We do this by praising him, confessing our sins before him, thanking him, and asking him uh, for our needs or our, even our desires. And in prayer is our com communion with our creator. When we pray, we engage in loving fellowship with the maker of heaven and earth. And because when we begin to pray, it causes us to go into connection with God. We get to drown out a lot of the surroundings. I have... These headphones that are, that are awesome to be able to put into your ears. And as you're playing music, you can push a button and it's called noise-canceling headphones. And it cancels out a lot of the outside noise around you to only focus in on what's being said through the, through the headphones. And I feel like that's what the Lord's wanting to do is he's upgrading us this morning. 
That, he's upgrading our, our, our prayer, our time of prayer with him, our time of communion with him, our time of discussing with him, our time of talking with him. That He's upgrading it to a place that we don't have to be distracted by anything else around us, but we get to focus in on what he's really saying. Prayer is so important to each and every one of us. It's, a, it's all the way back to Adam and Eve. And, and after Adam and Eve had sinned and it says that the Lord or that God came walking to them, came walking to them in the garden in the cool of the day. It must have been an, uh, an everyday occurrence, an everyday opportunity that the Lord was coming to speak with Adam and Eve. That even though they had sinned, the heart of the Father was still wanting to meet with them. That should give us good news because when we make mistakes, it's it's the lie of the enemy that wants us to withdraw just as much as Adam and Eve did on that day. It's the lie of the enemy that causes us to, to, to take on this extra coat of shame and guilt when that's not what the Lord is saying. He wants us to bring it to him. Are we going to make mistakes? Totally. But we get to run to a loving God who still wants to meet with us and talk with us because when we give it over to him, we get to take on all of his goodness. You see, because ultimately sin will, 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 will require a sacrifice. Sin will require a sacrifice. And yet what Jesus came to do is to be our ultimate sacrifice for us. Not that, please don't take it wrong, not that we can now have this get out of jail free card and get to do whatever we want. That, no, that's not it. What it simply means now is the power of sin or the authority of sin no longer has place in my life because I've now established a new king on the throne in my heart. Because now what it means is that when I pray and seek his face, I get to turn from my wicked ways and I get to say yes to everything he has for me. Prayer positions our heart in a way to be able to, to hear from him. Uh, Positions our heart to face the Father. Uh, prayer is basic. It is not basically prayer. Is having us come into alignment with His will for our life. Proverbs chapter four verse twenty three. It says, "Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life." Guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. But can I tell you, like, but this is the heart check moment that we have to have: is who has control of my heart? Is it the Lord that we've given over to or are we allowing the, the distractions or are we allowing the enemy to have control over us? Because what the Lord's ultimately coming down to do is to work on our heart. Because that's where Proverbs then turns around and says, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because it's going to determine the course of your life. I want my heart to constantly beat after the Father. I want my heart, my course of my life, at the end of it to be that I sought the face of God. I heard a quote, and I don't know if it's true or not, just heard it at random. I don't even honestly know where. But it talked about that at the end of a society had it, where at the end of the, their life, they would constantly ask the question, did they have passion? Did they have this? Did they have that? They would ask all these questions about the person at the end of their life. And at the end of my life, I want it to be, did his heart follow after God? 
Did his heart follow after God and, and all that he does? And this is what I love, that, that not only is, is I get to follow after God, but I have amazing leaders that get to speak into my life. I've got the word of God that gets to speak into my life. There are so many things that want to give you life giving, but are we guarding our heart in such a way that we're constantly taking it back to the Father every moment of every day? The Bible teaches us in Thessalonians that it says pray without ceasing. It can be a little difficult at times for all of us that have jobs or we have responsibilities to constantly be on our knees. But what he's saying is walk in a spirit of prayer. Walk in a way that we're guarding our heart. Pastor Lynn teaches us constantly, guard your guardrails. This is a huge guard your guardrail because the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy what the Lord's doing inside of here. He'll cause offense, he'll cause hurt, he'll cause all these things to come at us, and next thing you know, we're questioning the will of God for our life. And yet, if we guard our heart so that it's positioned, that, Father, I want to hear your will above all else. And I say this, and again, I want to kind of, I take a moment here just to bring a a little bit, I just don't want to, like, make it feel Okay, let's just, let's do this. The word that I was hearing this morning, when I hear a word personally, I do ask the father for confirmation of the word. Does this make sense? So when I got into prayer this morning, the first thing they all started talking about was, not they all, the prayer team started talking about was, was the heart. Then as I think, I don't, I don't know, I got a prophetic word. Then people were praying. Pastor Lynn came in and prayed and prayed that my heart and mine would be connected. Do you see how the confirmation's coming? Then, then, then Drew gets up there and he or gets up here and he starts talking about what his daughter was hearing. Was talk about the heart. You see, when the Lord gives a, a word into you, He'll also confirm the word with you. But it, it will also be a confirmation from those around you, which helps us bring accountability and structure to the word. Is this okay? Okay. Does this make sense? Okay, I, I just want to make sure that we're, we're saying this. It's not that we're trying to say, like, we heard from God. Yes, we heard from God. But also, you know what's a good thing to check it against? The word of God and your leaders of God. Because our leaders will be able to, to walk alongside you. That's what I love about VSSM is that we do this together as a family and we grow together. But we also do it in such a way that we know that we hear from God and that the prophetic words are the words that are given to us also come with confirmation. Because the Lord wants to continue to con- confirm it over and over again so that you have no doubt in your heart and in your mind that the enemy cannot steal, kill, or destroy the word that has been implanted inside of you. That makes sense? The, the, and this is, where, this is where it's very important from our prayer times that we spend with the Father it causes us to have the connection that we begin to hear him very loud and clear. How many of you, that your father had a very distinct whistle? When he would whistle, you knew it was, it was you had to listen, right? My mom was talking about that the other day when we were, at, um, we were spending some time with her, that she said, your dad used to whistle, and it's like you kids knew. You could hear it, you could know it, and it didn't matter where you were at, you knew the whistle from your dad. M- moms, you know the cry of your children, when a, it could be a room full of, of screaming children, and you would know when your baby cries. It's the exact same way in our relationship with God. The more that we spend time with him, the more that we begin to know when it's his voice and, 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 and no one else's. The Bible describes it in John, and he says that there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of voices in here, but the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. 
But how do we know the voice of the shepherd? Unless we spend time with the shepherd. I put a challenge out to our, our young people this past week. I told them to take five extra minutes. I said, if you're going to get up in the morning at, a lot of them, now school's getting back into, into session. A lot of them get up super early. I said, but set your alarm for five extra minutes and get out of bed and pray. I said, don't lay in bed because we all know you're probably going to fall asleep. And I was talking to the young people. I know you guys are mature Christians. You wouldn't do that. And so I was talking to the young people and I said, like, get out of bed and pray. That way you're not laying there. You're not trying to check your phone. There's so many things that are out there trying to distract us. But get on your knees uh, and, and pray and just whatever comes to mind, about five extra minutes. So I'm going to, so uh, I'm going to be checking in this next week. We're going to see who, who actually did it. But parents, if they hadn't talked to you already, that was the challenge that we put out this past week for them to take five extra minutes. But it was five extra minutes a day to be able to really focus in. And what is God saying? What is he doing? You see, when we pray, we're also praying from a place of victory. We're praying from a place that we can be able to, to know what's going to happen before we even step into the situation. When we pray, we're seeking the face of God, not so that we can be, be able to know every single step of the way, but we get to know the one who's going to walk us through every step of the way. Not so that we can be able to know every which turn, every which way to go, but that we know that when we ask, he's going to answer. When we seek, we're going to find. And when we knock, the door will be open. You see, uh, a quick illustration of this, and, and I was reading through with David, when he prepares to go into battle with the giant, with Goliath, he goes to the creek and starts preparing and getting rocks. Prayer is our exact same training ground that we begin to go to the river to be able to take out the victory that has already been placed for us, and we get to now use it in the arsenal against the enemy. We get to know that we get to walk in victory before it's ever happened because of the price that Jesus has already paid for. David had already been through the training ground. He had already had victory after victory. And now when he's going before the giant, he gets to know, I get to walk in victory. I get to know what to do. I know how to exactly sling and, and throw the rock, and it's going to hit the right mark. It wasn't that, that David was, I, I'm sure, and, and as you read through the story, I'm sure that David was, was maybe had all these different questions in his mind, but David knew the training ground and the victories that had been won before. When we pray, when we're praying, we're praying from a place of victory. We're praying from a place that we get, to, uh, uh, we get to see heaven invade earth. When we're praying, we get to pray from a place to know that God has already given the victory. All I'm doing is positioning myself with him. It's one of those things. We were, well, I was with my children, and, and we were saying hi to some family in the store the other day. And my daughter, Eliana, was like, she's only three, and she positioned herself behind me. Now, normally she's, if you see her around the church, she is running rampant. She, she runs all over the place. She's, she's taking charge. She's got a bubbly personality. But she decided to hide herself behind me. And yet we have to come in that exact same position with our Heavenly Father, that we hide in the shadow of the Almighty. Not that we run away from the problem, but I get to now connect with the solution to the problem. That I get to connect with the heartbeat of the Father. And so, and, and, and I guess I, I, let me, let me, sorry. Let me roll through. 
uh, one more. We see where Elisha was praying over his servant. And the Bible describes it and says that the enemy, the king of that, of, of that area, was sending out a great army and chariots. Uh, verse, let's see, uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15. It says, When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Verse 16, don't be afraid. Everyone say, don't be afraid. Turn to somebody next to you and say, don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than on theirs. Elisha saying, don't be afraid of your current circumstance because we know in the spirit what God is doing. Verse 17, then Elisha did what? He prayed. He came into alignment with heaven and prayed. He came into alignment with the word that had already been that he had already spoken. He said, "The greater is the one inside, or the greater was the one that with us than the one that's around us." He was already declaring it, but then what, Dave, what Elisha did was he prayed, and he said, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. You see, so many times when we go to pray, we're also not just praying for ourselves, but we can pray for those around us. We can pray that, Lord, open their eyes, that they begin to see your goodness, that they begin to see your kindness. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw uh, that on the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. When you pray, when we have given ourselves fully and committed to God, when we begin to pray, can I tell you that fire will, will begin to surround you and surround those that you are saying, God, surround my family, surround my house, surround our car, surround my children, God, surround our marriages, surround it with fire. I want it to be surrounded with chariots of fire. I, I read through this the other night and I was like, please, God, I am praying. I want to see chariots of fire in our house. Uh, we were painting one day and we were, we were sitting there and we were worshiping as we were painting, me and my wife. And she said, stop, there's fire in the house. Now, in, as a husband, I was like, where? <laughs> you know, what? And as he said, don't you see it? I, I don't. She said, don't you see the, the fire that's happening right here? Look it, look it. And she's like pointing it out and I could not see it for the life of me, um, but that's okay because I know that my wife was encountering the love of God at that moment. And I was like, Lord, I come into agreement with what she sees. Can I tell you, there, should be, there can be times when we begin to pray for not only ourselves, but those that have prayed for us so that Lord open up our eyes so that we can see through heaven's perspective. Just like we did a moment ago when we prayed over our students and our teachers, we don't want you just to walk into that classroom and just see just a, a child. We want you to see a child that is made in the image of God. We want you, for whatever you're doing, from whatever school, homeschool, VCA, any high school, middle school, elementary school, I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on and on. What we want it to be is that you see through heaven's perspective to see it is the kingdom of God that wants to invade our earth, and he's going to use this next generation to do so. And not only use this next generation, but he wants to use you and I to train them up so that they can know who they are in God. If you work in public school, God bless you. 
God loves you. I honor you. I respect you. But I am praying chariots of fire around you. Because then Elisha prayed. All these different circum, all these different uh, examples, and 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 all these different things that I was going to bring out, and that, and that's totally fine. But I wanted to hit on these this last verse. I'll just do this last one. Okay, I probably said that before. And I'm so sorry. I really mean it this time. Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. Because I believe as a spirit, as as the Lord is upgrading us, He's also causing us to go in a deeper level of prayer time with Him. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, do what? Don't worry about anything, but instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. And do you know that also, too, it doesn't have to be that we have to spend a lot of time in prayer because the Lord is not confined to these four walls? but he's confined to the limitations that I put from my heart and my mind on him. That we can be able to pray about everything. We get to tell God what we need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. That is where we have to stay in Christ Jesus. Because when we turn, when we humble ourselves and we seek his face, we get to experience his peace, which I love when we experience his peace, but it only happens when we live in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me to your feet? I hope I, I gave enough to this. I want you to, to know that Jesus ends up flipping tables as he walks into the temple and he, and he makes a statement and says, my house will be called the house of prayer. My father's house will be a house of prayer. Mom and dad, your prayers are not just hitting the ceiling and staying there. Over your children, grandparents, you, you, your prayers are not just being spoken out and dropped to the floor. But I believe when our prayers are spoken out, it causes all angels of heaven to stand at attention that says we've got a grandchild we need to go minister to. I believe as a church, as we are being upgraded and what the Lord's doing here, I believe all of heaven has been standing at attention all morning long to be able to know that we're going to reach into their city. We're going to reach into their, their community. We're going to reach into their, into their treasure valley. We're going to go. But what the Lord's looking for are some people who are saying, that I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to pray and seek his face so I can know his goodness and kindness and I can experience his peace. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced God's peace, I want you to know it's here for you. But the best part is there's a little bit of participation that has to happen. And that is that you and I have to give up all the things that we thought we needed to hold on to that was ultimately bringing us down that we get to experience his peace when we live in Christ Jesus. If you've never given your heart to Christ before, I promise you this is one of the most greatest days that you can because he wants to meet you right where you're at. 
And if you've given your heart over and over to God, I totally get it. That every Sunday morning as we walk in, God, just help me again. Breathe within me again. Live within me again. But I don't think he's just wanting us just to strive through week to week. But I believe what the Lord wants to do is have us to live in his peace that we thrive every single day. That we come from a place of victory. Not a place of defeat, trying to catch up, but a place of victory in him. So would you just close your eyes and put your hands out as we close out this service. Our prayer team's gonna come up here and they're gonna be waiting for you. But I just, I just wanna pray over you. Jesus just keep your hands out your eyes closed you know we've re- re- we have released it before and we've talked about it of the goodness of God over all these babies that are being born but I believe it's not just a physical form of what God is doing but I really strongly believe it's a spiritual form of what God is doing that spiritually he is handing out spiritual babies spiritually he is handing out the new season in your life spiritually he's handing out the grace to complete the new in your life. So Father, I just say right now over every single one of us, from the front to the back, to the left, to the right, God, that I want it to be we pray about everything. We bring it to the feet of Jesus. And that Lord, you're so good that you're gonna answer us. You're gonna talk with us. You're gonna walk with us every moment of every day. We thank you, Lord, that we're not just in a season of striving, but we're going into a season of thriving, God, of thriving marriages, of thriving businesses, of thriving school, of of thriving uh, fathers, of thriving mothers, of thriving sons and daughters, of thriving uh, grandparents. God, we, we thank you, Lord, that we're walking into a season of thriving because thriving because we are giving our hearts and positioning ourselves to be able to hear from the Father because we want to live in you, Jesus. So we're saying, Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. I just want to do this. I, 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 would our prayer team come on up here? That they're going to be up here. They're going to pray with people. But I also want our, our pastoral staff, we just talked about it, uh, or we just did it a second ago. But what I want is that if you're ready for the upgrade this next season, would you step out of your seats and come on down to the front? Come on. Step out to the front. Step out. Come on to the front. If you're ready for the upgrade, you're ready for the next. You're ready for what God's got for you. Come on. Come to the front. Come to the front. But what we're going to do is what we've just been talking about is we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray. Because praying is realigning myself with heaven to say your kingdom come and your will be done in my life, in Valley Church, in my family, as it is in heaven, in my children, as it is in heaven, in my marriage, as it is in heaven. So I want you to close your eyes, put your hands out. Yeah, <laughs> like you're receiving a gift, like you're, you got oil flowing into you because that's what's happening right now. As we're about to end and go into ministry time, I'm just saying just that the Lord's gonna start just outpouring and our, our, our ministry team, our pastoral staff is gonna start going around and praying with you. I just ask that you would just please keep your, keep your eyes closed, keep your hands out. Um, 
it's kind of a soft close. So if you do need to go, I completely understand. But if you stay in the sanctuary, please make sure we want to keep our conversations to a, to a really low so that way people can get ministered to. But for the next few moments, we just are going to see heaven invade earth. We're just going to see the veil be torn. And we're going to be able to come boldly into his throne room of grace and mercy and kindness. Because we are humbling ourselves to seek his face. So, Father, I just thank you for every single person that has got out of their chair and those that I know had to leave and and go because we got responsibilities. But, Father, we just say in the name of Jesus, we bless and encourage every single person right now in the name of Jesus. We say yes, Lord, to what you have for us. We come into alignment with heaven. We come into alignment with heaven, what you want to do in our lives, God. Maybe there's some things that I've got to go home and throw away or there's some life choices I've got to say no to. And we're saying no to those things right now, God. That we are saying our house, our heart, our mind will always serve the Lord. Our marriage, God, is going to serve the Lord. Our children, God, are going to serve the Lord. We're declaring it this morning. Our children, our families will be saved. Our families will serve the Lord, God. So, Father, I just say right now, over every single person, just shake us up. Stir us up because we want to seek your face. We want to seek your face. So maybe as we just kind of worship for a few moments, if you just stay in this posture of, and our, again, our ministry team's coming around, our, our pastoral staff's coming around, I know we got a barbecue to get to. I know we got bounce houses to get to. I know we got things to get to. But nothing's more important than this very moment of lines that are being drawn in the sand that's saying, I'm not going back, but I'm, I'm running after you, God. Because I want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. So as Pastor Christie leads us out in worship, I just ask that you just stay here. Let us, let us pray for you. We'd love to get the chance to, to minister with you. Again, if you have to go, I completely understand. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you on Wednesday night for our, our midweek classes. And then again next Sunday morning. Please join us. If you would, if you would love to join us for our barbecue outside. But we just say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you every moment of every day. May his light never go dim on you, but his light would be ever bright all over you and around you to drown out and to chase away every darkness because that darkness is not going to win because we know that his light gives us victory. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. So as Pastor Christie leads us in worship, if you don't mind, please stay and let us get the chance to minister with you.